The ACB Braille Forum, Volume 60, May 2022, Number 11. Published by the American Council of the Blind. Read by Nancy Gahagan in the recording studio of the Perkins Library. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions which are tax-deductible can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB 6200 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 155, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB by the Combined Federal Campaign, use this number, 11155. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666 or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 518-906-1820 and choose option 8. Tune in to ACB Media at www.acbmedia.org or by calling 518-906-1820. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at ACB National or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash ACBNATIONAL. Copyright 2022, American Council of the Blind. Eric Bridges, Executive Director, Sharon Lovering, Editor. 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia, 22311. Table of Contents. President's Message. Crisis, Chaos, Opportunity, and Optimism by Dan Spoon. Convention Registration Information and Sneak Preview, Part 2, by Janet Dickelman. Walking Everywhere, by Donna Brown. Volunteer at the Information Desk in Omaha, by Vicki Prayan. Extra, extra, read all about it in the Goldenrod Gazette. Affiliate News. When Initials Mean More Than One Thing, by Michael Byington. How Kindness Taught Me a Lesson in Resilience, by Melody E. Holloway. Fix Your Computer Problems When You Aren't a Wizard, by Deborah Armstrong. Accessibility for Some, Why Have Low-Income Blind Americans Been Left Behind, by David Mandel. Notice of Proposed Settlement of Class Action and Fairness Hearing. Here and There, edited by Cynthia G. Hawkins. Hitech Swap Shop. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666 or via email, slovering at acb.org. Give her the information and she'll make the changes for you. Save the date. 
Join us on November 17, 2022 at the second Audio Description Awards Gala. ACB brings back the Barry Awards, celebrates industry leaders, and expands awareness on the power of audio description. And you can enjoy it from the comfort of your own home. Follow at AD Awards Gala on Twitter or visit the website for updates as the event draws near. www.adawardsgala.org President's Message Crisis, Chaos, Opportunity, and Optimism by Dan Spoon We lost our brother-in-law Dale in January to COVID. Dale was a longtime ACB member and friend. It's very personal for Leslie and me. I don't know about all of you, but I'm sad, angry, and tired, yet hopeful for the future. The COVID-19 pandemic started out as a worldwide crisis. It threw us all into a period of uncertainty. How do we protect our families? What are the correct preventive measures to keep us safe? Do masks make a significant difference? Why did vaccines become so political? Where is the line between independence, freedom, and the role of the greater public good in our society? Everyone was scared, angry, and confused. We all wanted life to return to normal. But normal had a different meaning for each of us. The world was in chaos. Over the past few weeks, it feels like everyone is grasping to reclaim normal. Will this be a return to life in 2019? Has the world experienced a major disruptor, never to be completely the same again? Is there a new normal? The pandemic has totally disrupted our lives, but has it also brought an opportunity for change? What is the future for the world? What is the future for our country? What is the future for ACB? I don't have many answers, but I'm optimistic. Here are a few examples. ACB created an entire community events platform because of the pandemic, and the community has energized ACB and created an amazing platform for connection, learning, and constructive conversation. The pandemic pushed our organization to amend the Constitution to ensure all members the right and opportunity to participate in ACB elections. COVID-19 highlighted the need for the disabled community to gain attention for the right for independent, accessible mail-in voting and accessible health care. The pandemic moved us all online, and it became socially acceptable for employees to work remotely from the comfort of their own homes. The CEO of PNC Bank commented on CNBC that they saw their online banking move from 25% to 75% within two months. Their projections had predicted that this change would take 20 years, not two months. Yet, this unprecedented progress has also created anger, violence, and frustration. Change is hard. We all enjoy our comfort zones. How do we embrace the new normal? It's time to take a minute to listen before we react. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. Try to understand their point of view. My optimism was reinforced on March 24 when we had a listening session with the National Institutes of Health, NIH, on accessible COVID home test kits. ACB wrote letters to the White House and NIH demanding accessible tests. NIH invited us to participate in a three-hour-long listening session with the director and deputy director of the National Institute of Biomedical Imaging and Bioengineering, responsible for the RADX program, 
which is funded with over $1.5 billion to develop COVID-19 home tests. Bruce Tromberg, NIBIB director, summarized the event by expressing the opportunity to not only solve the problem of the accessible COVID-19 test kits, but the larger issue that this problem must be solved for all similar home tests. He gave his promise that NIH would invest the necessary resources to find a solution. ACB was the chief influencer in this conversation, with Clark Rockfall, Kim Charlson, Jeff Tom, Claire Stanley, and myself in attendance, providing the voice of the blind and low-vision community. Let's all take this opportunity to learn from our experiences over the past two years. The world will never be the same again. We have a unique opportunity to make it a better world for the blind and low-vision community. It's time to be optimistic about the future. Let's begin a new chapter for ACB in Omaha this summer at our first-ever hybrid convention. I can't wait to see you all in person or connect with you through ACB Media. Together, we can make a difference. Convention Registration Information and Sneak Preview, Part 2, by Janet Dickelman. It is hard to believe as you read this, we'll be gearing up for registration for the 2022 ACB Conference and Convention. In-person and hybrid dates are July 1st through 8th with Zoom-only sessions June 23 through 25, and Zoom-only discussion and voting on resolutions and bylaws July 11th through 13th. Don't miss the virtual-only ACB summer auction on June 18th and the official call to order via Zoom on June 22nd, with the reading of the convention standing rules and the first credentials report. Registration will be open for ACB members on May 12th at 7 a.m. Central Time. The cost of registration will be $35. On May 19th, registration will open for non-ACB members. The cost will be $50. A non-member has the option of joining ACB as a member at large for $10, thus saving $5. Registration will close on Monday, June 20th at 10.59 p.m. Central Time. You may also register during the convention. Prices will increase by $10. If you are attending the convention in person, you can pick up your registration materials starting Thursday evening, June 30th. This year on the registration form, you will select from two options, in-person or virtual attendance. If you are attending virtually and wish to receive the convention program in either Braille or large print, it will be sent to your home address. If you will be joining us in Omaha, you will receive the program when you pick up your registration materials. All registrants will receive Zoom links for the June 23rd through June 25th sessions, the in-person hybrid sessions, as well as for our July 11th through July 13th dates. On the registration form, you can become an individual sponsor, purchase a Braille Forum raffle ticket, and purchase your 2022 t-shirt or pin or other special merchandise from the mini-mall. You can register online at acbconvention.org or by calling 651-428-5059. Our telephone cadre will call you back within two days. When leaving a message, please provide your name, phone number, and time zone. To register, you will be asked for your username and password. If you do not have this information, please call the above phone number prior to the opening of registration and we'll look it up for you. Special Interest Affiliates ACB's Special Interest Affiliates have scheduled a wide variety of activities for this year's convention. Please keep in mind that other sessions will be added to this list. 
All times listed are Central Time. Note, many sessions are co-sponsored. To save space in this article, only the submitting affiliate is listed. Full information will be shown in the convention program and on the registration form. Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, AAVL On Sunday, July 3rd, AAVL will host a luncheon and program. American Association of Blind Teachers, AABT Have breakfast with the teachers on Saturday, July 2nd, and enjoy their program, The Fascinating History of the Statue of Liberty. On Wednesday, July 6th, their program is titled, It Takes a Village, Working Together to Prepare Students in Transition. American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys, AVIA, will hold sessions on Friday, July 1st, Monday, July 4th, and Tuesday the 5th. Their lunch will be on the 4th. ACB Diabetics in Action, ACBDA. ACBDA will host programs on Tuesday, July 5th, featuring an endocrinologist and training on the use of diabetic equipment. Sessions on Wednesday, July 6th will include accessible pharmacy and peer mentor relations. They will host an in-person-only meet-and-greet on Saturday afternoon, July 2nd. ACB Families ACBF presents Campfire Stories on Saturday, June 25th. Also join them for accessible toys and games on Sunday, July 3rd. Their breakfast will be held on Monday the 4th and feature an oral history presentation by Mike Hudson. In-person-only bingo will be held that evening. ACB Lions Tuesday is ACBL Day. Join them for lunch and their reverse club visit, Lessons in Leadership, and Millie's Place. ACB Next Generation On Saturday, July 2nd, learn about self-advocacy and meet the board of NextGen during their Meet the Family social event. On Monday, join NextGen for independent living, meal prep on a budget. On Tuesday, NextGen joins with the Get Up and Get Moving campaign to focus on a self-care program. Take charge of your physical, mental, and emotional health. ACB Radio Amateurs, ACBRA Program session on Wednesday, July 6th. ACB Students, ACBS Join our students for the Scholarship Winners Luncheon on Saturday, July 2nd. They will also host hybrid sessions on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. A panel of blind influencers and changemakers. A discussion on assistive technology, disability in education, and disability in healthcare. And social justice training. You can also join ACBS for an in-person meet-and-greet Friday evening, July 1st. Blind Information Technology Specialists, BITS. Three great sessions on Saturday, July 2nd. Navigating your world, on-the-go, laptops and tablets, and an update from Amazon. Blind LGBT Pride International, BPI. BPI has sessions Saturday, July 2nd through Wednesday, July 6th. They have hybrid and in-person-only sessions featuring gay history, dating, a 3D audio excursion, a day in the life of an audio engineer describer, mind-body, wine-tasting, mixers, and a movie. Braille Revival League, BRL Start out your July 4th with the BRL Breakfast with ACB's international guest, Mark Workman. On Wednesday, July 6th, BRL has three sessions. Understanding where our writing system, Braille, has been, 
new uses for Braille and periodicals, and in-person-only games with Ralph. Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI. On Friday, July 1st, join CCLVI and BITS for their vendor showcase. On Monday, July 4th, don't miss Smart Home with ACB Next Generation. CCLVI will also host two in-person-only events, a mixer to meet their Fred Scheigert scholarship winners, and a Tuesday evening dance. Friends in Art of ACB, FIA. On Thursday, June 23rd, learn about artificial intelligence in art and the always popular prose and poetry. Have a musical day on Friday, June 24th with You Gotta Have Harp and FIA's Showcase of the Performing Arts. On June 25th, join FIA for a panel of non-traditional visually impaired artists, dancers and painters and carvers, oh my, and the FIA Writers' Workshop. Guide Dog Users Incorporated, GDUI. On Saturday, July 2nd, in conjunction with Sunday edition, join GDUI for Furry Tales. Also on Saturday, learn about Cairo preservation. Don't miss the Guide Dog School updates on Monday the 4th, a segment on Smart Dog Collars on Tuesday, and the GDUI Awards Ceremony on Wednesday the 6th. Independent Visually Impaired Entrepreneurs, Ivy Monday, July 4th is Ivy Day. First, their luncheon and program, Selling slash Pitching Yourself, and the in-person-only Ivy Business Expo. Library Users of America, Lua Lua is hosting two days of sessions. On Sunday, July 3rd, we'll get up close and personal with NLS Director James Broughton and Not Your Mother's Public Library. Tuesday, July 5th, you'll get to meet the visiting narrator and one book, one ACB, focusing on Their Plant Eyes, A Personal and Cultural History of Blindness by M. Leona Godin. Randolph Shepard Vendors of America, RSVA. RSVA will hold programming on Saturday, July 2nd, a luncheon and program on Sunday, July 3rd, and that evening, in-person only comic and karaoke night. Visually Impaired Veterans of America, VIVA. Celebrate July 4th with VIVA for a meeting and informational opportunity. Keep up to date with the convention list. The conference and convention announce list will be chock full of information. To subscribe to the list, send a blank email to acbconvention plus sign subscribe at acblists.org. If you received updates for the 2021 convention, you do not need to subscribe to the list. Reservation details. To make reservations online, go to tinyurl.com slash numeral 2YSY numerals 52DZ. When asked to select guest type on the main screen, select attendee. For those who wish to call in and make their reservation, call 1-800-HILTONS. That's 1-800-445-8667 and reference the name of the group block, American Council of the Blind. The group code, if needed for those calling in, is ACB. Room rates at the Hilton are $96, single or double occupancy, with an additional $10 per person for up to four people per room. Room tax is currently 18.16%. One night's stay will be charged to your credit card when you book your reservation. Convention Contacts 2022 Exhibit Information, Michael Smitherman, 601 331 
1-800-227-7740. Exhibits at acb.org. 2022 Advertising and Sponsorships. Anthony Stevens, 202-559-2045. A. Stevens at acb.org. A. S. T. E. P. H. E. N. S. at acb.org. For any other convention-related questions, please contact Janet Dickelman, Convention Chair, at 651-428-5059 or by email, janet.dickelman at gmail.com, j-a-n-e-t dot d-i-c-k-e-l-m-a-n at gmail.com. Walking Everywhere by Donna Brown It has been about nine months since ACB launched its Get Up and Get Moving campaign. In support of this campaign, the Walk Committee selected the theme, Walking Everywhere, for the 2022 ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. The ACB Walk is a buy one, get two free deal. For just $25, you can register for the walk, either as an individual or as a member or the captain of your favorite affiliate team. That's the buy one part of the deal. Here's the free part of the deal. While getting exercise by walking or moving in some way, and with just a little effort and that all-important ask, you can raise money for both ACB and your affiliate. When creating affiliate teams, the team captain can designate up to 50% of the money raised to go back to their affiliate. Over the past few years, some affiliates have raised several thousand dollars. There will be two components to the walk this year. An on-site walk in Omaha at the National Conference and Convention will be held at 6 p.m. on Saturday, July 2. Even if you are unable to attend the convention in person or you have another commitment at the time in Omaha, you can still participate virtually. During the on-site event, the five affiliates who have raised the most money will receive a prize. Also, the on-site walk will conclude with participants filing into the opening general session of the convention. How can you register? Online registration can be done by going to acb.org and clicking on the 2022 ACB Walk link. You may also download and print out the registration form from the Walk website, or you may call the Minnesota office at 612-332-3242 for assistance. Stay tuned to the ACB email lists for updated information about the Walk and for upcoming community calls. If you have questions about the walk or need assistance with registration, contact Donna Brown, Walk Committee Chair, by phone at 304-940-0292 or by email at donnambrown59 at gmail.com. D-O-N-N-A-M-B-R-O-W-N, numerals 59, at gmail.com. I hope you will join me as we walk everywhere for ACB and its affiliates. Volunteer at the Information Desk in Omaha by Vicki Prayan. The Information Desk will open, as always, before the start of the 2022 convention and remain open daily throughout. We need volunteers to help out every day. InfoDesk workers answer attendees' questions, distribute newspapers, hotel and local business information, menus and other materials, collect door prizes, help organize reservations for banquet tables, and help get lost items back to their owners. If you enjoy meeting people, being at the center of things, and can multitask, consider volunteering to work at the 2022 InfoDesk. You can choose to work one day or every day, two hours or four hours, morning or afternoon. 
contact me at vickyprayan at gmail.com, V-I-C-K-Y-P-R-A-H-I-N at gmail.com, or 614-949-7757 by June 15. Each person will receive a schedule before the convention. We need a team of willing helpers to make this year's convention go as smoothly as possible in Omaha, Nebraska. Extra, extra, read all about it in the Goldenrod Gazette. Are you coming to convention? Do you like helping out where needed? The Marsha Nigro Dresser Communication Center is now seeking volunteers to help collate and staple papers, take ads and announcements, and staff the room. Sharon Lovering is the operations manager. She is seeking volunteers to fill two-hour shifts throughout the day, 8 to 10 a.m., 10 a.m. to noon, noon to 2 p.m., and 2 to 4 p.m. The communication center will be open Thursday through Wednesday and be taken down Thursday morning. It will open daily at 8 a.m. and close to the public at 5 p.m. To sign up for a shift, contact Sharon Lovering at the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666 or via email. S-L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G at acb.org. This year's convention newspaper will be called the Goldenrod Gazette. It will run from Friday through Wednesday in Braille and large print. Ads and other items intended for publication must be in the center's hands by 2 p.m. each day. Ads should be 75 words or less. By a directive from the Board of Publications, ads will be allowed to run for three days maximum, no exceptions. If you wish to advertise in the newspaper, please contact Tony Stevens, Advertising and Sponsorship Coordinator, at 202-559-2045 or via email, astevens at acb.org, a-s-t-e-p-h-e-n-s at acb.org. The BOP's Editorial Policy Manual prohibits us from producing or distributing campaign materials. During the evenings, we will need people to help collate and staple the Braille papers. Thanks to Humanware, we will have several Braille printers this year. Are you a night owl? Are you good at separating Braille copies from each other, separating the pages, collating and stapling? Drop by and see if the communication center needs your help. If you have signed up for home delivery of the Goldenrod Gazette, drop by the information desk and give them your name, hotel and room number, and format preference once you arrive. This will ensure that you don't miss an issue. Hold on to your Friday issue. It will include all the suite numbers, phone numbers, and room changes. If your committee or affiliate needs something brailled, we will be able to do that. Make certain you label your thumb drive or memory card before bringing them down to the communication center and tell us how many copies you will need, by what time, as well as how we can reach you, email address, cell phone, etc. Save yourself a trip back to your hotel room by making sure that your documents are on the drive or memory card before you come down. Want to beat the crowds? Bring your items down in the morning before the general session to help us fit them in. Affiliates. If you know who your delegate, alternate, and nominating committee representative will be, please let Denise Colley, C-O-L-L-E-Y-D, numerals 1952 at gmail.com, and Sharon Lovering, S-L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G, at acb.org, know as soon as possible. The nominating committee meeting will be held virtually the evening of June 23rd. Stay tuned for details. Affiliate News 
ACB Furry Tales, presented by Sunday Edition and GDUI. There have been so many memorable moments and people in the American Council of the Blind over the last 60 years. But there have been so many furry skilled professionals who live in our hearts and memories. Sunday Edition is partnering with GDUI for a program to recognize some of these amazing guides. This year in Omaha, during the National Convention, join us as we remember and honor these wonderful dogs and their handlers. How will Furry Tales work? Sunday Edition will collect nominations from now through May 15th. Then a committee from GDUI and Sunday Edition will select 10 Furry Tale recipients to be awarded at the convention. A paw-shaped plaque will be awarded to the handler or their representative, and a testimonial will be placed on the Furry Tales webpage that will be created for this awesome program. Pictures and video testimonials will be recorded for the program, and the handlers will have the opportunity to address the program attendees to remember their special furry professionals. Additionally, Sunday Edition will highlight the awardees on the weekly program in August. Submissions should include a written testimonial of 500 to 750 words, including the story of said furry professional with anecdotes and accomplishments. Please include any memorable moments from the life of the nominee. Who is the handler and who will represent the handler and nominee at convention? A bright, clear picture of the nominee and one of the team. And any folks who wish to share stories and memories of the nominee. Please send your nominations by May 15th to... Sunday edition AC at gmail.com. S U N D A Y E D I T I O N A C at gmail.com and put Furry Tales nominee in the subject line. Want to showcase your talent? Once again, FIA's Showcase of the Performing Arts will be a highlight of ACB's 2022 conference and convention. And once again, the showcase will be virtual. Interested in being included? Read on for details. Please send material you want to be included in the showcase to showcase at friendsinart.org. S-H-O-W-C-A-S-E at F-R-I-E-N-D-S-I-N-A-R-T dot org. Materials might include music, any style, original material especially welcomed. Your selection may either be sent as an email attachment, or you may send us a link from which the piece can be uploaded. Please accompany your musical selection with your name, city-state, email address, and a brief description of the piece that you are sending, to be used to introduce the piece. Prose and Poetry Original works preferred, especially if read by the author. Your work may be sent as an email attachment, or you may send us a link from which the performance can be uploaded. Please accompany your work with your name, city and state, email address, and a brief description of the work that you are sending, to be used to introduce the performance. Deadline May 20, 2022. In order to make it more likely that your selection will be included in the showcase, please note. 1. Each selection should not exceed 5 minutes, including the description of the work you are asking us to consider. 2. We will consider including two contrasting short works if together they do not exceed five minutes. 3. We prefer up-tempo to slow, but will consider anything. 4. This is family entertainment. No profanity, please. 5. We aim for a show of around 20 selections of varying styles, 
originality, professionalism, and flair count. 6. Please note that the ACB Media Production Team reserves the right to do editing or audio processing at their discretion in order to assure that the audience will get a high-quality broadcast. Authors, if you need assistance recording your work, we might be able to assist. Please email us as soon as possible at showcase at friendsinart.org. The showcase is scheduled to air on Friday, June 24 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We will contact you well before then to let you know if you will be included in the show and or if we need additional information. If you have any questions, email us at showcase at friendsinart.org. Thanks for your interest. We look forward to receiving your material. Emergency Vet Assistance for Guide Dogs in Maine Pine Tree Guide Dog Users, PTGDU, recently received a grant that enables the organization to provide its members with financial assistance of up to $2,500 to help defray the high costs associated with the diagnosis and treatment of a seriously ill or injured guide dog. For more details about the fund and its requirements, or to join Pine Tree Guide Dog Users, please visit www.pinetreeguidedogusers.org. P-I-N-E-T-R-E-E-G-U-I-D-E-D-O-G-U-S-E-R-S dot org or email news at pinetreeguidedogusers dot org. AAVL Cookbook Available Does a cookbook with more than 165 mouth-watering recipes contributed by members and friends of the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, including main dishes, desserts, holiday favorites, and much more, sound appetizing to you? If so, the AAVL cookbook, The Food of Our Times, is just what you need. This special collection is available now in two formats for just $20. The electronic version will entitle you to two downloadable versions, Microsoft Word and Accessible PDF. There are currently six copies of the non-UEB, a.k.a. regular, Braille, that are looking for a good home and ready to ship right away. Others will be ordered and shipped as soon as possible. To get your copy, visit www.aavl-blind-seniors.org or contact Treasurer Kathy Gerhardt 2456 Edgewater Drive, Poland, Ohio, 44514-1724, phone 304-283-7424, or treasurer at aavl-blind-seniors.org. T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-R at aavl-blind-seniors.org. When Initials Mean More Than One Thing by Michael Byington Fumble-fingered computer user that I am, I accidentally deleted ACB from my favorites list. To bring up the ACB website, I thus put ACB into my search engine. To my surprise, the first five entries that came up were all about Aurora Cannabis Incorporated, ACB, which is a new firm using the ACB initials, even though they do not totally reflect the words in the firm's name. The ACB representing blind folks did not show up until six entries down the list. The use of ACB to refer to Aurora Cannabis Incorporated is, to my understanding, not illegal. I suspect it can and will, however, 
caused some confusion with other organizations such as ours, which also use the initials ACB. For many years, my professional endeavors required me to be a member of the National Rehabilitation Association, NRA. I found that I had to clarify I meant rehabilitation when saying that I was a member of the NRA so that I was not instead associated with the gun guys. I am suggesting that, when using a search engine, one needs to write out American Council of the Blind. That way, the searcher will not have to wade through multiple entries about cannabis in order to get to the desired destination. Given that many people who are blind get that way through glaucoma, and there are other issues related to blindness that can also benefit through treatment with cannabis-related products, I suppose it is probable that some members of ACB may find it necessary to also do business with ACB. They need to be careful to keep track of which ACB does what. How Kindness Taught Me a Lesson in Resilience by Melody E. Holloway I took my first paratransit ride in 2005. This year was already packed with chaos, turbulence, confusion, and disappointment. I was 19 years old. I had dropped out of college the previous fall due to a multitude of seemingly insurmountable circumstances. I fed into the disappointment of my family, the school for the blind, prospective employers, vocational rehabilitation counselor, and that of society in general. I graduated valedictorian, earned three scholarships without too much effort, and primarily lived to please others. I was not expected to fall from the perceived definition of success this quickly, was I? I was apprehensive at first about applying for paratransit services through the Central Ohio Transit Authority, CODA, C-O-T-A. I applied with fear, reservations, and what-ifs competing for first place in my unknowingly traumatized brain. However, I followed the lead of my first, best lifelong soulmate and bucked up. I rode to the CODA office, had my photo taken for my ADA transportation ID, and answered the interviewer's questions with my already prepared application signed by my physician. I received my plastic CODA ADA ID in the mail weeks later. I was now an official Project Mainstream rider. I scheduled my first ride to an outpatient community mental health center for a counseling appointment, completely forgetting to give the reservationist the destination address. This particular center has two locations. The driver arrived at my house to pick me up. Having no clue what I was doing, I asked her if she needed to see my ADA CODA ID card. This is not a requirement. The driver helped me find my seatbelt, waited for me to buckle up, and sped off. Upon arrival at the mental health center, I was confused. The environment was unfamiliar. The lobby was wide open. There were over a dozen people talking about treatment teams and additional services with which I was not yet familiar, and personal safety, cleanliness, and dependability were in question. I waited for over an hour before the first kind person walked me back to an office. He introduced himself and asked my reason for being there. I told him who my therapist was and that I had a standing appointment. The man had no record for me at that location. He was familiar with the name of my counselor. He informed me that my CODA mainstream ride had taken me to the other location for Southeast Mental Health Incorporated. I was horrified. The wheel of apprehension, blame, and self-doubt began to speak. The man told me he was a treatment team leader living with a hearing impairment. He uses hearing aids. He ordered me a cab to transport me to the correct branch. I apologized profusely for making such a foolish mistake. 
he reminded me that I had used paratransit for the first time and encouraged me to try again. The first cab driver was helpful and polite. My therapist did everything she could to help me through my anxiety and panic. She thought I was brave for taking any form of public transportation independently. She, like every other mental health clinician I have since encountered, had never experienced a totally blind patient before. She ordered a second taxi to take me home that day. This cab driver sticks out in my mind over 17 years later. He announced my name and identified himself. I spoke of how the stigma surrounding mental health diagnoses and traumatic events which induced them appeared to be affecting my path forward in life, even at that time. He asked in a gentle but candid tone, What stigma? I do not care about someone's disabilities or other medical conditions. They do not define us or make us who we truly are. During our ride home, the driver struck up a conversation with me. He volunteered that he was a retired police officer who previously had a canine partner. He had to retire due to being shot in the line of duty. He was one of the kindest, most knowledgeable, congenial, genuinely big-hearted fellows I have met yet. I often wonder what became of him. As I reflect on that particular day, I remember how scared I was to take my first paratransit ride. Thank goodness for the advice of my first best pal, and for a plethora of people who used our combined difficult situations to show me that kindness begets positivity, resilience, and lasting friendships. I have ridden Coda mainstream since before Hurricane Katrina. The kindness of others helped me become comfortable and efficient with each new step toward independence, assisted by those who walked in these shoes before. This kindness has also allowed me to guide some through their own journeys down the unpredictable road of apprehension, reservation, and what-ifs. Fix Your Computer Problems When You Aren't a Wizard by Deborah Armstrong Reprinted from The Blind Californian, Spring 2020 Editor's Note Deborah Armstrong is Alternate Media Specialist at De Anza College in Cupertino. End of Note is your computer acting strangely? You're not alone. But unlike most folks out there who depend on family, friends, and paid services, you really can do a lot more on your own than you think. As a tech at a community college, I help everyone from students and their cousins to tenured professors figure out why the computer is wonky. The skill I teach most often is describing the problem. Did you know you are frequently halfway to a solution once you can explain your problem clearly? I remember a coworker once who informed me she was getting a big brown error, but when she read the error message out loud, the problem was obvious. It told her the printer wasn't connected, and you know what? Its cable had slipped out of the back of her PC. So when trouble starts, it's time for you to stop, think, and write down a description of the problem. You might be lucky like my coworker and solve it immediately. If you have difficulty writing, you can always dictate to a recorder. But the act of describing the problem is crucial because to ask or search for help, you'll need to understand specifically what's not working. For example, I plugged in my flash drive, but I cannot find its contents. Or, I saved a report, but I don't see all those changes I made today. Or, when I try to read my mail, the speech just says the name of the web address. Or, when I try to answer my phone with the two-finger double tap, it doesn't answer the call. A recorder is really handy here because you can record what your speech is saying or what you're reading off your screen using magnification. 
You can also make notes on the recorder as you attempt a task again, noting each step and what's happening at that point. Write down or record the exact message you are reading or your speech is reading. Write down what you are trying to accomplish and the steps you took. For example, I found the document attached to the email. I pressed Enter and the document loaded in Microsoft Word. But when I press the arrow keys to read the document, I can only read the first line. While you are collecting this information, I can feel your frustration mounting. You want it solved, not described. But the act of describing has two important purposes. First, it forces you to think rationally, a first step toward finding a solution. Second, it gives you terms you can search for or explanations you can share with tech support. Now that your problem is clarified, you can try searching the web for a solution, if the problem isn't affecting your web browser. If it is, consider finding an accessible computer elsewhere, such as a school, library, or friend's house. It is helpful to include your screen reader's name in the search phrase so you'll find help tailored to your access technology. For example, JAWS, Microsoft Word Page Numbers, pulls up some helpful tutorials on numbering and reading page numbers in Word. If something that was set up for you has stopped working, such as a shortcut to your email, contact the person who set it up. Or if they are no longer available, see if you can find a friend who will not only fix it, but explain and write down how it was set up in the first place. For example, when I set up email from my mom, I gave her a note explaining that I put a shortcut on her desktop to the Comcast website. This way, if Comcast changes its site or the shortcut gets deleted, she can show my note to any helpers who assist in the future. When you do have helpers, take full advantage of them by not just having them fix a problem, but explain what's happening. For example, my recorder is always ready if a friend is available to describe the layout of an unfamiliar screen. It might help me in the future to know that there are red check marks on items I haven't filled out, or that the button I need to click is on the lower right. Good places to find free quality help are senior centers, ham radio clubs, public libraries, local colleges, and other blind people who may be more knowledgeable. There's also an abundance of paid help from other blind folks who sell their tech support services online. If it's a problem with your access technology, call their tech support. And, armed with your clear explanation, you're likely to get quick and effective assistance. If it's a problem with Amazon.com, a Microsoft or Apple product, those companies have special technical support for people with disabilities. If it's a problem with some software you use that doesn't have tech support, try searching its user manual or asking on an internet mailing list. If you haven't gotten help previously asking on the internet, remember that was before you learned to describe the problem without emotion, like Star Trek's Mr. Spock. Answers are more forthcoming when helpers can quickly grasp your issue. Many problems are simply caused by your own lack of knowledge. For example, the problem with Microsoft Word and email attachments is that they are usually in read-only mode. Access technology can't work with this mode. You either need to save the document with the Save As command so that another copy is generated, or turn read-only mode off in the current document. The keystrokes are Alt-F-I-E. But if you didn't know that fact, you wouldn't be able to read many email attachments. One of the best ways to crack the knowledge barrier is to simply keep a list of things you don't know. I don't know how to sort my files so I can see the most recently added ones first. Or, I don't know how to get rid of junk email. Or, I don't know how to get the phone to open those PDF files people keep sending me. 
Your I don't know list gives you a handle on what you need to learn, and you can do this at your own pace by reading free tutorials online, paying for training, asking friends for help, or searching YouTube for answers. Even though I'm a tech, I have an enormous I don't know list. And when I have a few free minutes, I always take a crack at one of the items on that list. I might search the web, or if another tech is in the office, I might ask him how something works. Another thing I do is keep a Rolodex in Braille of every new keystroke I learn. You can use your phone, computer, voice recorder, or file box, it doesn't matter. But none of us can remember all those keystrokes. And if you depend on them to access your computer, it's helpful to write them down. I often ask myself, is it Alt-Shift-S or Control-Shift-S? My senior brain cannot contain all that trivia, but my Rolodex can. And when trusted keystrokes fail, you can add them in your steps when you describe the problem. For example, I pressed F6 to go to the next window, but the cursor did not move. Lastly, if you feel really upset because you need to get something done and the computer isn't cooperating, just step away. Go for a walk, pour a beverage, take a warm bath. Nothing will get fixed when you are overwhelmed with stress. It's my hope that these tips and the resources below will make at least some of your computer frustrations things of the past. Resources Microsoft Disability Answer Desk tinyurl.com slash j numeral 4 r numerals 726 mv Apple Disability Technical Support 1-877-204-3930 Amazon Technical Support for Customers with Disabilities, 1-888-283-1678. AppleViz, a community of visually impaired Apple users, www.appleviz.com, www.appleviz.com. NVDA Mailing List, searchable even if you aren't a subscriber nvda.groups.io slash g slash nvda. Accessibility for some. Why have low-income blind Americans been left behind? By David Mandel. Editor's Note. David Mandel is a member of the San Francisco and Bayview chapters of the California Council of the Blind. He worked as a radio journalist for some 30 years and has been an advocate for a long time, especially regarding transportation, environmental, and information accessibility. End of note. Without a doubt, the past decade has witnessed life-changing, mind-boggling advances in accessibility for hundreds of thousands of blind and visually impaired people around the globe. Thanks to a whole new generation of smartphones and tablets and millions of free or low-cost applications, many of us can now read current books, newspapers, and magazines, scan printed and handwritten material, navigate our neighborhoods and beyond, identify objects, money, colors, and people, send and receive email, conduct online transactions, play games, and obtain visual assistance anywhere at any time. Developments in artificial intelligence have introduced a technology revolution that has resulted in access to the digital world and the built environment like never before. Yet, not everyone has benefited from it, 
While the gap between technology haves and have-nots has considerably narrowed, most blind and visually impaired people still live on extremely low fixed incomes. By and large, they cannot afford to buy smartphones and tablets, and many of them have no internet access. Although some of these people have bought or have been given Amazon and Google devices with voice assistance, for the most part, this bright new technology era remains closed to them. The internet has become increasingly invaluable and even indispensable for many people around the world, including many blind and visually impaired individuals. The staggering amount of information, resources, webinars, virtual meetings, and community calls surrounding the current COVID-19 pandemic is a case in point. However, many blind people who lack internet access have not been able to easily learn about these important resources and virtual events. We in ACB strive to attain equal access with sighted people to the world around us. After all, accessibility is a civil and human right. However, despite the well-known digital divide in this country and around the globe, most sighted people don't have to depend entirely on digital devices and applications to access the world around them. Without smartphones and tablets, they can still follow signs, read print, identify objects and people, and navigate their neighborhoods and beyond. Most dedicated devices manufactured especially for blind people are even more costly and unaffordable for low-income individuals. Unlike many other industrialized countries, the United States does not provide heavily subsidized or free assistive and mainstream technology equipment to most disabled people. Because of this glaring deficiency, many blind people find it extremely difficult to obtain adequate education and employment. They cannot compete equally with their blind, technology-equipped, and sighted peers. They cannot travel as easily as those blind people who have the latest artificial intelligence-based applications. Most industrialized nations provide disabled people with a disability pension or allowance to offset the high costs of living with a disability. Not so the United States. Interestingly, however, one state, Missouri, does provide a disability pension to its disabled residents. A disability pension allows people to save money for such expenses as paying readers, shoppers and attendants, and acquiring money to buy mainstream and assistive technology devices. One of the reasons that low-income blind people have been left behind is that accessibility to many aspects of daily life is increasingly based on smart devices and applications. That is all well and good for some of us. But is it fair to depend completely on this type of accessibility, which excludes the majority of blind people? Shouldn't we also strive to advocate for accessibility technologies and standards that don't depend on devices and applications? Several examples of accessibility technologies adopted in the United States that don't require smartphones and applications immediately come to mind. Accessible pedestrian signals are readily available in the built environments of many jurisdictions. We don't have to carry devices in order to use them. Talking ATMs are now standard equipment at most financial institutions. All one needs to use them is a pair of earbuds. Tactile and high-contrast tiles warn us of subway platform edges. In the same way, truncated domes on street corners warn us to be careful. Non-visual technologies in the built environment are highly controversial and, therefore, remain largely and relatively undeveloped and unrefined. Many physically disabled people feel that tactile detectable warnings are themselves hazards because some people trip over them. 
many wheelchair users to test them because wheelchairs cannot often smoothly travel over them. Several countries have adopted additional non-visual elements in their built environments. For some two decades, blind Australians have been able to easily locate bus stops thanks to tactile and high-contrast bus stop indicators embedded in sidewalks throughout the country. In Israel, directional guide paths assist blind people to navigate train stations. Several countries have installed tactile and high-contrast directional guide strips in streets to indicate the center of crosswalks. Some blind people feel that guide paths in train stations and guide strips at crosswalks are not acceptable because they in some way actually obstruct the environment. For instance, they feel that guide paths in train stations often only indicate certain specific areas and limit where one can travel in these stations. They say that a profusion of guide paths can be extremely confusing. Questions arise, such as how does one determine where they actually lead? If there are several of them, how does one figure out which one to take, especially if they intersect with each other? Are guide paths and guide strips actually architectural barriers? What can we do to ensure that low-income blind people are able to acquire at least some current technology which would allow them to participate in the modern world? If we are truly concerned about diversity and inclusion, shouldn't ACB strive to ensure that all blind and visually impaired people have equal and fair access to the world around us? Notice of Proposed Settlement of Class Action and Fairness Hearing The United States District Court for the Northern District of California has ordered this notice to be issued. Be advised of the preliminary approval of the settlement of a class action lawsuit brought by Juan Alcazar and Pamela Williams, the named plaintiffs, against Mila, Incorporated. The named plaintiffs, individually and on behalf of all members of the settlement class, as defined below, allege that, as individuals with visual impairments, they were denied equal access to, or enjoyment of, Mila's websites www.mila.com and www.milausa.com, the website. Mila denies the named plaintiff's allegations and denies any fault or wrongdoing whatsoever. Under the proposed settlement, Mila will make certain changes to the website and mobile applications, as set forth in the Class Action Settlement Agreement and Release, in exchange for the settlement classes releasing claims regarding the accessibility of the website and mobile applications as it exists at the time of this settlement, or as it may be modified in accordance with the settlement agreement. The full notice and additional case documents will be posted on the settlement website, www.adawebsitecompliancesettlement.com, www.adawebsitecompliancesettlement.com. It contains important information about your legal rights concerning the proposed settlement of this lawsuit. The below is a summary of the notice. 1. Who are the members of the settlement class? The court has preliminarily approved the following settlement class. 1. The nationwide class. All individuals who a. have a visual disability, as that term is defined under the ADA and similar state and local disability laws, b. have accessed the website and or mobile applications, and c. have been denied equal access as a result of their disability. 2. What are the benefits of the proposed settlement? 
Under the settlement agreement, Mila has agreed to make certain accessibility modifications to the website and mobile applications. Those changes include modifying the website and mobile applications to improve accessibility and to provide individuals with disabilities full and equal enjoyment of the goods, services, facilities, privileges, advantages, and accommodations offered through the website and mobile applications by having the website and mobile applications substantially usable by screen reader software for website and mobile application users in the future. Mila shall use WCAG 2.0 Level AA as a guideline in making such improvements. Mila can link to third-party websites and or include third-party content on the website and mobile applications, for example, any web content that is dictated or generated by a third party and is not owned, coded, managed, and or operated by the released parties, including but not limited to plugins, forms, PDF files, social media, and YouTube videos, without being required to undertake, to complete remediation for, or to be responsible or reliable for any form of third-party content that is incorporated into the website and mobile applications. 3. If Judge Vince Chahabria approves the proposed settlement, members of the class will release all claims for discrimination and denial of equal access on the basis of visual disability arising from defendants' practices or procedures in connection with or the condition of, the websites and mobile applications owned or operated by Mila at the time of the court's final approval of the settlement, or as the websites and or mobile applications may be modified under the terms of the settlement. 4. When and where will the final approval and fairness hearing take place? A hearing will be held on June 30, 2022 at 10 a.m. in the courtroom of the Honorable Vince Chahabria for the United States District Court for the Northern District of California, Courtroom 4, 17th Floor, 450 Golden Gate Avenue, San Francisco, California, 94102. 5. What are my options? A. Do nothing. You are not required to take any action. If you do nothing, you will enjoy the benefit of the injunctive relief should this settlement be finally approved. You will be bound by the settlement and your claims under this lawsuit will be extinguished. B. Object to the settlement. You can object to the settlement, including any objection to class counsel's request for attorney's fees and costs, telling the court the reasons why you do not think the settlement should be approved. If you object, you will remain a class member and will be bound by the settlement, should it be finally approved by the court. Your objection must be mailed by first-class U.S. mail to the court and the settlement administrator and must be postmarked by June 6, 2022, as specified in the full notice published on the website linked above. C. Opt out of the settlement. Any class member may opt out of the class by submitting a written request for exclusion with the settlement administrator at Alcazar v. Mila, Incorporated, Claims Administrator, P.O. Box 26170, Santa Ana, California, 97299. To be timely, a request for exclusion must be postmarked no later than June 6, 2022. Any class member who submits a timely exclusion to the settlement will not be bound by the terms of the settlement and will not extinguish any claims thereby. 6. How can you get more information? You can obtain a copy of the complete settlement agreement from the class counsel using the contact information listed below. You may also inspect the non-confidential parts of the case file in this lawsuit by going to the website of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California, www.pacer.gov.
Additionally, information and case documents will be posted on the settlement website, www.adawebsitecompliancesettlement.com. Finally, you may contact the claims administrator at 1-866-602-5907 or at Alcazar v. Mila Incorporated, Claims Administrator, P.O. Box 26170, Santa Ana, California, 92799. Here and There, edited by Cynthia G. Hawkins. The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACB Braille Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at acb.org or phone the national office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. New York School Reunion the Alumni Association of the New York State School for the Blind, Incorporated, will hold its annual reunion from Thursday, June 9 through Sunday, June 12 at the Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel, 8315 Park Road, Batavia, New York, 14020. On-campus activities will include a pizza party with students and staff, our opening ceremony, our annual business meeting, and a picnic. Our technology demonstration, Jeopardy game, banquet, brunch, and memorial service will happen at the hotel. Where possible, we hope to hold some of these activities on Zoom as well. For further information, check this spring's Alumni Bulletin, subscribe to the NYSSB Alumni Association Facebook page, or contact our treasurer, Chet Smalley, at 814-566-6332, or email him, sewjw, numerals 1903, at gmail.com. Chessabilities, Incorporated. Check it out. Kevin McConnell, past VP of the Colorado State Chess Association and Chessabilities, Incorporated, have begun a chess tournament specifically for children with disabilities. The purpose of this tournament is to provide a unique and safe environment for youth with disabilities under the age of 21 to compete in an over-the-board chess competition. The first annual North American Chess Cup for children with disabilities will be held June 21st through June 26, 2022, at the Embassy Suites Hotel in Denver, Colorado. If you have any questions or to sign up, please contact Kevin McConnell at 303-501-0974 or email at mcconnellk2 at yahoo.com. M-C-C-O-N-N-E-L-L-K numeral 2 at yahoo.com. Free Courses by Crab Children Raised Around the Blind, Crab, is proud to announce its new online courses. All courses will be free for 2022. How to Interact with a Visually Impaired Person has already launched. This course covers the basics with definitions to commonly used terms, most common eye diseases, and basic ways to help and include a person with visual impairments. If you are interested, go to tinyurl.com slash numeral 2 e numeral 3 ryr numeral 7 f. National Braille Press launches pilot program. 
National Braille Press recently announced a pilot program to provide educational resources for teachers of the visually impaired, TVIs, to help them teach students who are blind and have low vision. NBP has begun to ship the free TVI Braille Ignition Kits to TVIs. There are four different kits available and include materials to support Braille literacy. Braille Resources Kit, Assistive Technology Kit, Math and Science Kit, and Tactile Graphics Kit. The kits also include coupons for teachers to obtain free Braille copies of various titles from NBP's bookstore. All TVIs or paraprofessionals working in the blindness field in the U.S. are eligible for a free kit and may apply online at www.nbp.org. Benetech unveils Bookshare Reader Suite. Benetech, the parent company of Bookshare, recently announced a suite of free reading apps. Bookshare Reader for web, iOS, Android, and Alexa. This suite of free tools, available summer 2022, gives Bookshare users a free standard set of reading tools that they can customize and use across devices to read over a million titles, including novels, textbooks, nonfiction, academic journals, newspapers, and magazines, in ways that work for them. For more information, visit tinyurl.com slash numeral 5 b T-E-Y-T-H-Z. High-Tech Swap Shop For sale, JAWS Computer, Dell Laptop with Power Cord, two books from National Braille Press, asking $200 for all three. Contact Tanya Smith at 734-586-0433 or text her at 269-221-3769. For sale, one iPad, 7th generation, brand new, never used, asking $300 or best offer, would prefer a payment by U.S. mail order. Contact Ann Wasserman at 732-222-3510. ACB Officers President Dan Spoon, Second Term, 2023 3924 Lake Mirage Boulevard, Orlando, Florida, 32817-1554. First Vice President, Deb Cook-Lewis. First Term, 2023-1131 Liberty Drive, Clarkston, Washington, 99403. Second Vice President, Ray Campbell. Second Term, 2023-460 Raintree Court, Number 3K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, 60137. Secretary, Denise Colley. Second term, 2023. 3611 Riverbend Drive, Rosenberg, Texas, 77471-4484. Treasurer, David Trott. Final term, 2023. 1018 East Street South, Talladega, Alabama, 35160. Immediate Past President, Kim Charlson, 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. ACB Board of Directors, Christopher Bell, Pittsburgh, North Carolina, first term, 2024. Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington, second term, 2024. Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia, first term, 2024. James Crott, Miami, Florida, first term, 2022. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia, 
second term, 2024. Kenneth Semyon Sr., Beaumont, Texas, first term, 2024. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland, second term, 2022. Connie Sims, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, partial term, 2022. Michael Talley, Hueytown, Alabama, first term, 2022. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, first term, 2022. ACB Board of Publications. Katie Frederick, Chair, Worthington, Ohio, first term, 2023. Cheryl Cummings, Boston, Massachusetts, first term, 2023. Zelda Gephard, Edgley, North Dakota, first term, 2022. Penny Reader, Montgomery Village, Maryland, second term, 2022. Cachet Wells, Jacksonville, Florida, first term, 2022. Accessing your ACB Braille and eForums. The ACB eForum may be accessed by email on the ACB website via download from the webpage in Word, plain text, or Braille-ready file, or by phone at 518-906-1820. To subscribe to the email version, contact Sharon Lovering, S-L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G, at acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, large print, NLS-style digital cartridge, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone 518-906-1820. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader stream or from pinecast.com slash feed slash acb dash braille dash forum dash and dash e dash forum.